Thank you, choir. Beulah Land, Sweet Beulah. That, that's a good one, isn't it? Uh, we're all longing for heaven and, and uh, get out of these wretched bodies and tired bodies and when we get to see our, our Savior, right? Uh, what a day that will be. I, I want to talk to you some today and, and uh, I want to try to cheer you up. Be of good cheer. Now, I heard on the radio just this morning that well, they said a four-year-old will laugh about or a four-year-old will laugh about 400 times a day. And I know my little two-year-old and my grandkids running around, they laugh at least that much a day. It's good for them. They're carefree, right? They don't have any, so of course they don't have any problem. But you know, adult, they say, only laughs about 15 times a day. But laughter is good for the soul. The Bible even tells us that, that laughter is good as a medicine for the soul. Did y'all know that? So everybody just smile a little bit this morning. It's a beautiful sunny day. We've got good food waiting for us and homemade ice cream. I mean, what's better than that? And if we don't make it to that, we're going to heaven. So smile. All right. Be of good cheer was is what the title of this message would be. It's probably one of my, and I've, I've quoted it several times in, in different uh, messages and things. That probably my most favorite verse in the Bible, or one of my most favorite, is uh, John 16, 33. And we'll read that this morning. So I want to just sort of talk to you. What was Jesus saying? Go If you'll turn your Bibles to John chapter 16. Uh, I'm going to show you a few points, interesting points that I feel the Lord has shown me about this passage of Scripture. We'll start reading in uh, verse 25 and go through verse 33. Uh, John 16, 30, uh, John 16, verse 25. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I, uh, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came from God. I came forth from the, from the Father, and am come into the world again, and I leave the world, and I go to the Father, and his disciples uh, said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and, uh, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus said unto them, Do, you not, do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own. And shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Verse 33, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the comfort that we find in your word. Lord, we thank you for the peace and the joy that, that only you can give in a troubled world. 
Lord, we all have different problems and, and things that are weighing heavy on our minds and burdens. Lord, I pray right now that you could just lift our, our burdens, ease our minds, and just, Lord, help us to just focus on your love for us. Help us, Lord, to just focus on you that we may worship you as we, we study your word and that your Holy Spirit would reveal the truths of your word. Lord, that we'd be encouraged and, and we'd go out into the world and be doers and show others of the courage and the joy that we have in a lost and dying world. Father, we thank you for this time. Give me the words you'd have me to say this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. These things I have spoken unto you in Proverbs. Now let me give you a little backup of what's going on here. It is just hours before Jesus is to be crucified. And he's been telling his disciples that I'm going away. uh, That the Son of Man must be lifted up. And that all these things are taking place. and, And really the disciples for the last three years, all they have known is Jesus. They followed him all around the country, watched him perform miracles that that proved and identified that he was God, was the Son of God. Uh, They've learned from him great lessons of life, things that that they'd probably never learned in a hundred years. They learned in three years. They have fallen in love with Jesus. Uh, they, they have, they've given up their families. They've given up their jobs. They've given up everything to follow him. And now we're coming to this point where Jesus is saying, I'm going away. And I'm going to leave you. Now, could you imagine? Put yourself in their shoes. What would they have felt? Now, wait a minute. We've given it, and they even said that, we've given up everything for you, Lord. What's, what's going to be of us? What's going to happen of us here? They were seriously, um, I don't know if you'd call it depressed, but they were discouraged at best. They were struggling with this whole thing about Jesus just repeatedly saying, I'm going away and that I must be crucified and, and all the rest. And Jesus all along is trying to comfort them and tell them that, hey, there's things that I want to tell you. And that's what he's saying in this verse. These things I have spoken to you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs, but shall show you plainly of the Father. That's a promise. Does everybody understand what that promise is about? Up to this point, remember, up to the point of the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension of Christ, it was Old Testament stuff. It was Old Testament until that point. The New Testament didn't start until after the ascension and Pentecost. So they were still under the law. They were still uh, doing the things under the law, and they, they didn't understand the Holy Spirit was not omnipresent. He didn't indwell each and every one of them all the time, everywhere. And, and, and Jesus was trying to explain things to them. And we know through the Old Testament, many proverbs and prophecies that they didn't understand. Y'all got that? That they, he would talk to them and, and there's so much he wanted to reveal to them, but they weren't ready. They couldn't handle what Jesus would say if he just gave it all to them at one time. So he pro- talked to them in Proverbs. Some he would explain. Some he just left because he couldn't go in great detail about it. But he said, there's a time coming when I will speak to you plainly. See, this is the promise 
of the Holy Spirit, that, that, that he's going to reveal all about the Father too. And everything I've told you, he says, I've shown you the Father. Now see, there's a contrast for us. See, we have the Holy Spirit. And um, he said in verse 12, he says, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. If you go back up to 1612, uh, in verse 13, he says, how be it? How do they understand it? In verse 13 it says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. This is a promise of Christ. He says, I'm going away. But I've got to go away. Because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come. And we see that at Pentecost, right? After Jesus was resurrected and they were all in the upper room and they were waiting on the Spirit to come and the Spirit come and fell on them uh, like a mighty rushing wind. And Peter began to preach and they began to prophesy and understand. Uh, this is what Jesus is talking about here. They began for the first time to really understand all the Old Testament and all the things that Jesus had told them because now the Holy Spirit indwells them. You say, well, poo, big deal. We, we got that, right? Exactly. I think a lot of times we take for granted the Holy Spirit within us. Um, look at the disciples and how confused, how distraught they were with no Holy Spirit. And now, when we've accepted Jesus as our personal Savior, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. And I think we take a, for granted a lot of times the Holy Spirit that is within us to reveal God's truth to us and to reveal things to us. And Jesus is saying, I plainly want to show you the Father. And the Holy Spirit will do that. Let me move on. I, I, I want to build, bring you to the point of chapter or of verse 33. He says, and, and in that day, he's talking about uh, the day that the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. You shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I, I say unto you that I'll pray to the Father for you. That was so important too. I mean, I, I've, I've said before that when I get to heaven, I want to get with Noah. And I want to ask him what it was like to build an ark for 120 years. And just how in the world did you get all them animals? And what was that like? Did you, did you have animals following you all around town? You know, what, what was going on, Noah? And just to see that magnificent event take place that God orchestrated. And maybe Moses, as he went on to... Mount Sinai and got the Ten Commandments asking, what was that like? What was it like to, to lead the children out of Israel and, and see God do great and mighty works and part the Red Sea and walk on dry? Moses, what was that like? Or David? Or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What was it like to be in a fiery furnace and feel no heat, to feel no pain because the Son of God stood beside you? There's a message right there. What was it like? 
What was it like, guys? Daniel, what was it like to, to be thrown in a lion's den and, and to lay down with hungry lions and sleep like a baby all night? What was that like, Daniel? These are questions I want. I also want to ask Noah why he didn't get rid of that last mosquito. If he'd have got rid of them two mosquitoes, how much better our world been? These are questions I'd love to ask. But you know what I think they'd like to ask me? Kenny, what was it like to have God's Holy Spirit within you every day, every morning when you get up, every night when you lay down? What was it like to be indwelt by God's Spirit every day? Have you ever thought about that? It's something we take for granted. God's spirit within me who reveals the Father to me. He reveals his love for me. See, as unbelievers, they don't know that. They can't comprehend that. The Bible says we can't comprehend the things of God without his Holy Spirit within us. As unbelievers, the only thing that the Holy Spirit does is, is, is convict you of your need for a Savior. That you are a sinner and, and that you're on your way to hell, but Christ died for your sins. He paid for your sins. And if you'll accept him as your personal Savior, you'll live eternity in heaven with him. That's the job of the Holy Spirit to believe. But to believers is to reveal all about the Father, plainly about the Father. And on top of that, if it's not good enough... This ought to just make every one of you smile. God's Holy Spirit within me every day. Look what he says there. He says, I'll pray the Father for you. Jesus is saying, in other words, I'm going to go to the Father in your behalf. 1 John 2, 1 says, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if you sin, we have an advocate. That's one who intercedes for us with the Father, and that's Jesus Christ, the righteous. Not only do we have God's Holy Spirit, he says, but Jesus says, you'll have God, my Spirit within, my Father's Spirit within you, and I'm going to be praying for you. Don't take that for granted, Christians. What a great blessing that is. Uh, to know when we're going through difficult times that God's Spirit is within us, encouraging us and helping us. And on top of that, Jesus is praying for you. Now, a lot of you want to have the preacher, I need the preacher, come pray with me. I don't mind coming and praying with you. I really don't. But you know, my prayer is nothing, is nothing compared to Christ. And he's praying for you. So if the preacher doesn't get by to pray with you, no, Jesus is praying for you. The Holy Spirit is helping you and encouraging you. Be of good cheer. All right, let me move on. He says, for the Father himself love you because you love me and you believe that I come from God. That is a beautiful statement about salvation. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, sent from God? For the sins of the world. He said, if you believe that, the Father loves you because you love me. If you don't love me, the Father doesn't love you. Wow. 
John tells us that. The love of the Father is not in you. Now, I know John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His own. Yes, God loves each and every person. But the love I believe He's talking about here is, is a love of assurance that we know that we are Christians, we are in Christ, and, and He loves us because we love the Son, because we've accepted the Son. He says, I came forth from the Father and have come into the world again, and I leave the world and go to the Father. And he's saying, I, I, I've come, uh, God's put His Holy Spirit, put in Mary a seed, and I was conceived, and I was born, and I raised up, and I've, I've done the ministry of the Father. I've done everything I can do to show you the Father and the love of the Father. And he says, now I'm going back to the Father. But he said, I'm going to come again. See, we're looking for that. Right? We're saying about Beulah Land. We're looking for Jesus to return and come to us again. And it's interesting, the disciples saying in verse 29, his disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. So when Jesus got to this point, they're like, all right, we got it. We got, we got that part. We know you came from God. And we know that, that God sent you, and it is absolutely clear. And, and there's no proverb there. We understand what you're saying there, Jesus. He says, now are we sure, in verse 30, all things, and, and needest not that any man should ask thee. But this we believe, that thou camest forth from God. And Jesus said unto them, you're now believing. He says, do you now believe? It says in the King James, but it's basically translated, you're starting to believe now. You're starting to get it, guys. See, that's what Christ wants for you, is to believe. That's all he wants for you, is to believe. He doesn't want your, your mighty works and the things you think you did great. And he just wants you to believe. If thou shalt believe in thine heart that God it, uh, raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, right? He just wants you to believe. So he says, now you're believing. But look at verse 32. He says, he goes back and he says, behold, the hour cometh. Yea, and now is come that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. See, he says, you're starting to believe, but guys, you're not there yet. He, he, he told them on the water, remember in the storm, oh, ye of little faith. Yeah, you believe, but your faith is still a little weak. Your faith is still a little bit shoddy, but I'm praying for you. I'm, we're going to send the Holy Spirit to you to help your faith to grow. And he said, when this, this trial comes and, and things start to get bad, y'all are going to take off. Y'all are going to scatter like flies. He didn't say y'all because he wasn't from the south, but I'm paraphrasing. Y'all understand that, right? You guys understand that, right? That's what they say up north. But he said, yeah, it, it, yeah you're starting to believe. You're getting it. But, hey, in the next couple of days, y'all are going to scatter like flies. Because your faith is not quite where it is, but I'm praying for you that it will. I'm praying that you're going to be okay. I'm praying that your faith will increase. And then he gets to 
what I want to get to today. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've shared with y'all before the first time that verse ever hit me. Uh, If you don't remember, I'm going to tell you again. Because it was just a great point in my life. I was all alone, sitting in my little study at my desk, studying God's Word and just asking Him to speak to me. And and it was probably 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, maybe. And I was just digging. I just wanted to know God. I wanted to know more about Him. And, and I was just digging and digging. And then this verse just came up. And a be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And I went, whoa, right there in my desk. I just had a revival time right there by myself at my desk. I ain't woke Robin up. Joe, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Sorry, go back to sleep. But the Holy Spirit revealed that to me, the truth of His Word. And I have underlined it just about in every Bible I've got now. I read it all the time. Yes, things are going to get bad. Yes, yes, there's going to be tribulation. But Jesus says, I've conquered all that. Don't you worry about a thing. And I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to guide you. And I'm going to pray for you. So you have no reason not to be of good cheer. I've overcome all that. Now, let's talk about that verse just a few. Now, it's mentioned, be of good cheer. I looked it up. It's mentioned eight times in Scripture, in the the New Testament, excuse me. Eight times. Five of the times Jesus said them personally. Be of good cheer. Uh, We talked about Sunday night in Acts 23.11. Paul had been beaten and Paul was brought up into in the Sanhedrin and falsely accused and, and they hit him in the mouth and they're making all these accusations against Paul and, and really treating him terrible. He had a, uh, a, a terrible time. And then they'd finally take him away from the Jews because they're afraid they were just going to tear him limb by limb. So the captain of the guard takes him up to his personal chambers and puts him in bonds overnight and why Jesus is, or why Paul is there, who's there? Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what storm you're going through, I'm going to be right there with you. And it says Jesus was there with him. And listen to what he said. After all that Paul had been through and all his probably discouraged about how things are going and, and wondering if I did the right thing and all the rest. And Jesus, it says, the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also in Rome. Hey, Paul, yeah, they beat you up. Yeah, you're going through a difficult time, but I'm right there with you. They treated me the same way. But we did it for the glory of the Father. We did it that they may know how much the Father loves them. And you have done a good job, Paul. You have told of me in Jerusalem. And guess what, Paul? You're going to go to Rome and get to do it too. 
See, that's Paul's greatest desire, is to tell others the love and tell others of God's grace and his forgiveness for sin. That was Paul's greatest desire. He even said, I wish that if it were possible that, that I would die and go to hell for you, if it were possible. Paul wanted more than anything else for people to know the truth of Jesus Christ and his love for them. So he says, be of good cheer. You've done a good job in Jerusalem. You're going to go do it in Rome too. But he didn't do it how he wanted. He did it in bonds too. But the point is, is that Jesus was right there with him. Right there beside him. Be of good cheer, Paul. I want to ask you today, what trials or tribulations? In this world, you'll have trials and tribulations. Can anybody testify to that? Am I the only one that's struggling here? And you, you know, you say, yeah, it's difficult. I have hard times and I'm, I'm sick and, and I, I, I have family problems and I have job problems. I have this problem, that problem. Yeah, those are trials. Those are difficult times. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome those. Be of good cheer. You're going to have persecution. Anybody in here ever been persecuted for the gospel's sake? Maybe to a point. We don't experience that much here in the United States, do we? We haven't really experienced. Have you ever been brought down and bound and uh, uh, threatened to have your head cut off because you believe in Jesus Christ? Have you ever watched your brothers and sisters in Christ be executed because they wouldn't renounce Christ? There's real persecution. But that's real love for, for the Savior and to know the truth. Jesus said, even if it gets that bad, be of good cheer. He says early in the verses of this chapter, he says, uh, all these trials and all these difficult times, he said he compares it to a woman in labor. Now, I'm not a woman in labor, but you wouldn't women understand this. When you're delivering that baby, is it fun? Y'all can say no. Okay? That's a tough time. I, I don't know. I can't relate. But I can sort I've been there a couple, three times. And I can imagine that's, wow. That's not a lot of fun. That hurt. But Jesus is comparing our salvation and our faith to a woman in labor. And as you're going through it, you're going to be persecuted. As you're going through it, Satan don't like what you're doing. He's going to throw every fiery dart he can at you. And it's going to seem like there is no hope. It's going to seem like this baby's never going to come. And then the baby comes. And Jesus says after that, she forgets all about her pain. Now, I experienced that with Robin. I mean, I'm thinking I'm squeezing her hand more than she's squeezing mine. I'm crying more than she is. I can't imagine what she's going through. But as soon as the baby's out, she puts it on her chest. And she's like, I'm still hurting. They forget about that pain as soon as they see the prize. As soon as they see that child and the love that comes. Jesus compared our salvation to that. 
Yes, in this world you're going to have trials. Yes, you're going to have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world and I'm coming back. I've defeated the world and I'm coming back for you one day. And all these sufferings and pains that you're experiencing now will just seem like moments compared to eternity. Compared to the joy that you'll have with me for eternity in heaven. Boy, that hit me that night. Wow, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. See, we have a problem. Paul talked about this in in Romans chapter 7. and We talk about the difficulties of life and the, the pains and all the rest. But you know, we have other pains too. How about just things, just sin? I call them trials and tribulations too. Anybody ever just, you're just constantly bombarded with a sin? Why can't I get past this, Lord? I don't want to sin. Why does this always come up? Why am I always tempted to do this? Why do I always have to deal with sin? Well, you know, one day we won't have to. But see, I know that it's, it's not unnatural. And you say, well, Brother Kenny, you shouldn't feel that way. You're a preacher. Paul felt that way, and he was a better preacher than I was. Romans chapter 7, he gives the things. That, he says, I find in the law that I would do good, and evil is present with me. He says, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. In other words, I I can't help it. It just keeps coming up. I I keep having these thoughts. I keep wanting to do these things. And I want to do good, and I can't do good. He says, those things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. You see the struggle that Paul's having inside in his heart? I call those trials and tribulations too. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Who shall deliver me? It seemed sort of bleak, didn't it? It's probably a lot like the disciples that night. It just seemed kind of bleak. Is there no hope without, let me tell you, without Christ, there is no hope for mankind. You'll never find true happiness. You'll never find true peace. See, God created you. He put a hole in you. There's a void in you that only he can fill. You can search for it in the bottle and and, and drugs and whatever else, jobs, money, everything else, but nothing's going to fill that void like Jesus will. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So with my mind I serve the law of God, but with my flesh the law of sin. See, there's a battle that is constantly in us. That's a trial. That's a tribulation. But what did Jesus say about even that tribulation? Be of good cheer. I've overcome your temptations. I've overcome your sin. You know, sin is paid for and dealt with on the cross once and for all. Satan wants to keep bringing it up in your face. How could you have thought such a thing? How could you have done that? You call yourself a Christian. Jesus said, be a good cheer. I overcame that on the cross. See, if you'll get this in your mind, Christians, Satan won't beat you up near as bad. 
Jesus is the victor. He's overcome all this. And I want to give you this message of hope and and to try to encourage you. Satan is going to try to beat you up every day. And you may be going through a difficult time and Satan will tell you, just like he told Job, yeah, you're going through a difficult time. You did something wrong. What would you do wrong? How about if you just did it for the glory of God? Or what if you did something wrong and Satan would just constantly beat you down and bring you down? Because see, Satan knows that he can't get your soul because you believe Jesus is your personal Savior. He now lives, he can't get your soul, but he'll get your effective life for him. And if he can bring you down and discourage you day after day after day after day, then he's got you right where he wants you. You're not going to tell anybody about the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. You're not going to go around with a smile on your face. You're not going to go around with joy in your heart if Satan is constantly tearing you down. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He's defeated Satan once and for all. He has defeated sin. And he says, I'm coming back. Now Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Does that sound like a conqueror to you? Does that sound like somebody that's overcome the world? Absolutely. If he hadn't overcome, if he hadn't, if the promise of be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. If he really didn't overcome the world, the Father wouldn't let him sit at his right hand. But my Savior is at the right hand of God in heaven. And every time Satan comes up and says, you know what you did? Jesus is sitting right there by the Father and saying, yeah, but I died for that sin, Daddy. I died for that sin. You tell Satan to leave him alone. Yeah. Wow, what a Savior. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I'm sitting at the right hand of Daddy, and I'm making intercession for you. He's put his spirit within you that you can live the life with joy. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the encouragement of your word. We thank you, Father, that you have overcome sin. You've overcome the trials and tribulations of this world that we can have good cheer. Lord, you didn't tell us to come out of the world, but to remain in the world that we would tell the others about how you love them and how you care for them. And we can show them the joy of Christ within us. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us and we don't deserve it. Father, we thank you most of all for your grace. Lord, if I never did anything wrong, I'd never know your grace. But I thank you that when I do do wrong, you show me grace and mercy. Undeserved because you love me. Lord, help each and every one in this place know today of your great love for them. Lord, that you're just sitting and waiting if you just call upon your name. If you just confess through your mouth, Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Father, we thank you for these powerful, powerful truths, powerful promises that you've given us to live the time we have. We thank you that you're coming again.
What blessed hope. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.